Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Isaiah, Yeshayahu, 40a. Actually, it's the introduction to 40 through 66. Um, the chapter 40 is generally considered to be the beginning of the second half, or the second portion of Yeshayahu. And I want to talk a little bit about why that is and some thoughts about that subject before we enter into the actual study of chapter 40 and so on um, just so that we can get a general perspective and understanding on these chapters as you have learned until now if you are listening to the chapters 1 through 39 there are several themes, and also you go back to the introduction to the book of Isaiah that I gave as the first podcast. There are certain themes that Ishayahu uh, is trying to teach us um, throughout this book and that are consistently repeated in different ways, in different contexts, but repeated over and over again throughout the book of Ishayahu. And... Um, I just just to remind us of some of these themes. First, the theme of tzedek umishpat, justice and righteousness, that this is what God wants from us. God wants us to set up a world where justice and righteousness prevails. Also, the idea of the special mission of the Jewish people, that the mission of the Jewish people is as the nation that was chosen to be the one that has this message of truth, that understands the idea of monotheism, the idea that there is one God who created this world, and because there is one God who is all-powerful, who created the world, that God wants something from us, which is to build a world of justice and righteousness, and to spread that message, both the philosophical message of monotheism and the moral imperative that it produces, which is justice and righteousness. The idea of social justice, helping the poor, the idea of staying away from arrogance and pride and violence and, and oppression. All of these were part of the idea of justice and righteousness. So those were some of the things. And also the ideas of, 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 of the um, political ideas. In other words, the purpose of establishing a land and a nation of Israel, was the, that purpose is to establish a nation to be a beacon of light to the world, that actual phrase, a light unto the nations, we shall see during these upcoming chapters in the second half of Isaiah. To be that nation is the purpose of the entire political enterprise of setting up a nation of Judah or a nation of Israel. Um, and standing up for those principles and ideas should guide all political decisions and alliances, which is why, as we just saw, Shayao is consistently against trying to save the nation of Judah by signing alliances with other nations that did not share these values. These are ideas which, um, you know, and then, of course, the, the idea I, I have to mention, the idea that God makes us promises. He promises us um, a future of peace, a future of tranquility, a future of prosperity. However, these promises are contingent upon our behavior. We also find emphasis in the first part of Yeshayahu and many times over and over again the idea 
that what God wants from us is not fasting, prayer, sacrifices, etc. But rather he wants just behavior. In other words, the enterprise of prayer and the idea of, of sacrifices and the idea that, um, you know, through, through either ascetic or spiritual means one can come close to God is only worthwhile if one first is kind and just to his fellow human beings and is honest with himself and is humble before God. All of these ideas are the ideas that Ishayahu was trying to teach us in the first half. The second half, the reason why it's divided in another half is because it seems in many, in many ways that the second uh, group of chapters from 40 to 66 seems to be in many cases referring to a time period that does not necessarily correspond to the time period in which Ishayahu lived, thrived, and said these prophecies, or is at least purported to have said these prophecies. Um, because it seems that it's discussing a time when the Jews were coming back to uh, resettle the land of Israel, rebuild the temple, which would correspond to the time of the end of the Babylonian exile, hundreds of years after the time in which Ishayahu lived, and we're trying to rebuild the temple, and it was just a very kind of depressing time because on the one hand, uh, the king Cyrus of Persia issued a decree allowing the Jews to return and rebuild the temple. However, only small numbers of Jews actually did come back, and when they came back, they found a, la a land that was desolate, destitute, destroyed. The people that lived there were not were not cooperative, were not helpful, and was making all kinds of were making all kinds of trouble for the for the returnees, not allowing them to rebuild the temple and so on. So it was kind of depressing that in those days, these are the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, Ezra and Nehemiah, and um, much of the messages related in chapters 40 through 66 seem to be referring to that time. In addition, there are several explicit references to Cyrus, specifically in um, a chapter... Uh, 44 uh, and 45, we find explicit references to Cyrus, which would have one imagine that clearly um, these chapters were from a different time period. However, so many this leads many scholars to claim and say, and of course in many commentators to say, call this Isaiah 2, and attribute the authorship of these chapters to a time period much later than the time period of the first part of Isaiah, um, and to a different author, a different Isaiah, so to speak. However, many people, and I am going to choose this path, feel that because, first of all, the ideas and the style of writing and the words and the messages of the second part of Yeshayahu are so consistent and so um, similar to the ideas expressed in the first half, the, 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 um, the prophecies and the philosophies and the um, lessons that Yeshayahu is trying to teach us from chapter 40 to 66 dovetail so perfectly with the ideas and prophecies and lessons that he was trying to teach us in chapters 1 through 39 that 
it feels like you're reading from the same prophet, from the same person. Therefore, many commentators, and I'm going to choose this path for the reasons that I'm stating right now, feel and believe that that this prophecy, starting with chapter 40, is from the same Yeshayahu and from the, the time period which, which we just finished. We just finished chapter 39, which detailed the end of Chizkiyahu, the end of Hezekiah's reign. After Chizkiyahu passed on, his son Menashe, Menashe took over. And as we know from history, this, this from Menashe on until the end of the kingdom of Judah when it was destroyed by Babylon approximately a little over 100 years later, was a period of significant decline. And at that time, Yeshayahu, Isaiah, would have been at the end of his life. And if you recall, at the end of chapter 39, he prophesied that once the chance that was given to Chizkiyahu, the chance that was given to Hezekiah to be the Redeemer, to finally establish the kingdom in a way of justice and righteousness, in a way that would have finally been the ultimate fulfillment of the prophecies of Isaiah and the ideals that God wanted from his nation, Yeshayahu said, oh, once Chizkiyahu lost, he saw that we were destined to decline. And once he was living in the time of Menashe and the king Menashe, he saw the wickedness of Menashe, how, how he lost it for murder and idol worship and so on, and destroyed everything that Chizkiyahu had built. Yeshayahu then saw the end near and prophesied about the destruction that was coming in the, in the hands, at the hands of Babylon. At, during that period of time, it makes a lot of sense that Yeshayahu would have prophesied and told the Jewish people, yes, now we are in decline, but know that in the future we will come back. Yes, there will be a destruction. Yes, there will be an exile. However, one day in the future, we will come back and teach the lessons that we are about to study and learn in, from chapters 40 through 66. The, specific, the fact that there are verses that seem to be referencing specific events that would have only been known in the early Second Temple period, to me, is not much of a contradiction. The reason why I say that is because, well, one way of understanding it is to say, well, he is a prophet, so he's allowed to tell the future, but I, I don't quite see it that way. Clearly, these prophecies were written and rewritten and taught and retaught for hundreds of years. And there is nothing um, that unusual about understanding that there, that there were additional prophets that studied Isaiah and, and inserted passages here and there which referenced the current time. And this is a process that's happened in other places, also written by other later prophets. And this would have been easily reflected in some of those verses that explicitly refer to Cyrus, for example, the ones that I mentioned before. However, the similarities of message and the similarity of content between the second half and the first half Isaiah are so glaring and so clear that the general gist of these words clearly sounds like the same prophet. Now remember that in very few locations did Yeshayahu speak in first person. It is clear from the text that with a few small exceptions where Yeshayahu speaks about I and in the first person that would have possibly been written by Isaiah himself, it is clearly obvious from this text that this book was not written by Yeshayahu himself, but rather it was written by 
down by his students or many of the people that listened to him or heard him and heard his lessons and his teachings and it was all put together. So the fact that later on somebody could throw in a couple sentences and verses here and there certainly doesn't seem implausible at all. I, obviously, much, much scholarly ink has been spent over this question and I don't claim to have the ultimate answer. I explained why I'm choosing to study it and read it this way as I am. And of course, as a listener, you can think and understand and feel however you feel is appropriate as we study this together. If you disagree with me, please feel free to comment. Um, and, um, and this is how we're going to approach chapters 40 through 66. Uh, looking forward to starting chapter 40 in our next podcast.